Thank you for listening today on Podcast with Pastor Larry. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Feel free to check us out at podcastwithpastorlarry.com. In just a moment, Pastor Larry will be teaching us a constant truth from God's Word to help us in this always changing world. You can always find more teaching with Pastor Larry at Freedom Ministries through our Facebook page at Freedom in Virginia or on our YouTube channel at Freedom Church for, that's the number four, others. That would be Freedom Church for others. Now, let's get to learning the Bible to live the Bible with Pastor Larry. Hey, good afternoon, folks. This is Pastor Larry. It is Tuesday, December the 20th, and we're rolling right into Christmas. This is Christmas week. I hope you're not too overwhelmed. I hope and trust that you are feeling prepared and you are prepared and uh, that you aren't running yourself just ragged and crazy, but that you can actually enjoy the reason that there's any, any reason to celebrate Christmas, and it is the Christ of Christmas. Hope that you're doing well and that you're staying safe. Thanks for joining me today. We have been on the journey studying the great I am claims that Jesus made. He made several of them. And we are studying this out. And currently we're on the study where Jesus made the claim, I am the good shepherd. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But if you're joining me on Facebook Live, thanks so much for being a part of this. Feel free to comment. This is part seven of this study. If you're on the podcast, you're just listening and you're not able to watch, but you're listening in on the podcast at podcastwithpastorlarry.com. This is episode seven. I'm so glad that you could be a part of this. This study here is the third outrageous claim that Jesus made, which would seem outrageous, but it really wasn't once you study it out. But it sure was outrageous to the folks that were hearing this for the very first time. And we've covered some bold claims that Jesus made, like where Jesus said, I am the bread of life, and where Jesus also said, I am the light of the world. And when Jesus is referred to as a shepherd in our beginning part of this study that we're in, where Jesus made the claim, I am the good shepherd, three times in scriptures, Jesus is referred to as a shepherd and he is represented or it's used um, with really three different adjectives describing the kind of shepherd that Jesus is. In 1 Peter 5, 4, if you remember this, he's referred to as the chief shepherd. In Hebrews 13, he is referred to as the great shepherd. And then we find here in our text of John chapter 10, and I hope that you're able to open your Bible and follow along with me. That's where we're going to be in John chapter 10. Here in John chapter 10, Jesus is called the good shepherd. He's the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And in order for Christ to be the shepherd of the sheep, you must identify him as the one who was sent from God. Anyone can make a claim, right? But you got to be able to substantiate or back that claim up. That claim is no good at all. If that claim is not true, 
And if it's not verifiable, well, Jesus has done that. And there's a reason why we should follow him, because he is God in the flesh. And so as we're studying this out, let's keep that whole thought in mind, following the good shepherd. We should follow the good shepherd, and I'm admonishing you to follow the good shepherd, but why? Why is there any validity to this? Why should we give this any merit of following Jesus as the good shepherd? Well, as we look in John chapter 10, the text says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, who he who does not enter by the door into the sheepfold but climbs up some other way, is a thief and a robber. So right off the bat, Jesus is letting us know there are some who pretend to be the shepherd and who falsify who they are and try to be actually a false prophet and try to be a false leader. Some have made claims, outrageous claims, that they are the Messiah. Jesus says, look out for those who don't come in the proper way. In other words, who don't have the proper entrance, and we'll talk about that. He says, but he who enters a door, this is verse 2 of John 10, is the shepherd of the sheep. Enter by the door. Yeah, there was a great announcement. There was an introduction to Jesus coming as well as his earthly ministry. To him, the doorkeeper opens. This is referring to John the Baptist. We talked about that last time in the beginning of this study, but I want to make sure that you're clear of who this is referring to as a doorkeeper. And the sheep hear his voice. Now, we're not talking about the sheep. Yes, do hear um, John the Baptist's voice because he came before Christ and was announcing his way. But the Bible says he calls his sheep by name and leads them out. See, the doorkeeper opens, but the sheep know the true voice of their shepherd. And the Bible lets us know that this is what Jesus does. And verse 4 says when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him and they know his voice. Yet they will never follow a stranger This is interesting because sometimes in the religious world, people make a lot of claims and there are a lot of different religious systems or even denominations that, well, they all claim to be true and they all claim to follow them. Well, how do you know? Well, no true follower of Jesus Christ is going to succumb to the lies and trickery of those false leaders or false teachers. Why? Because we know the voice of God. How do we know the voice of God? Well, we have his word, and we follow along on that. And we make sure that it is from God, and not just sounds very good or is palatable to our appetite and to our thinking, and even makes us feel better. And so as long as we feel better about ourselves, then that must be the one we should follow. No, not necessarily, because Jesus said they will never follow a stranger, but will run away from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. As children of God, we should know 
God intimately and spend time with him. This is why prayer and study of the scriptures and having time like we're doing right now is so valuable and important to the life of a believer and knowing who the true shepherd is. After all, Jesus made the claim, I am the good shepherd. And Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 7, he says, Then Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep do not listen to them. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to kill, to steal, and to destroy. I come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And then John chapter 10, verse 11, as we're just absorbing the text here, And it's important that you stay in a text and that you get it rightly divided or you could come up with all types of erroneous assumptions or conclusions. And while there may be many applications, there is only one interpretation. Jesus said in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus sums all of this up to let us know and those who he was directly speaking to during his earthly ministry, I am that person because I, Jesus, am God. And so when we talk about following this shepherd, there's a reason why we should do that. And we covered this last time, but way of review, listen to this again. Why should we do it? Because Christ is the true shepherd of the sheep. He's the only one. He is the true, the one and true God. See, the fact that Christ begins with this discourse on the shepherd and the sheep means that he is going to identify for us the one who is the real shepherd. So look out for the false ones, but I need you to know who the real one is, he says. And there are ways to identify the true shepherd. And in a way, identifying who Jesus is is a way to also identify the false ones. And that is, Jesus said that he came by a proper entrance. Yeah, that's right. Remember, John the Baptist was the entrance. And what I mean by that, foretelling, yes, Isaiah and prophets before him, but Isaiah said this in Isaiah 7, 4, A virgin shall be with child, and his name would be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. How timely is that that we're covering this as we enter into Christmas? This is the proper entrance. And so it's important for us to know that because As I said, yeah, there's a proper entrance of Jesus, but then also uh, the shepherd, the true shepherd, is not just recognized by that proper entrance, but he's also recognized by the porter or the doorkeeper. Now, again, as we go back to the text of John 10, as I said earlier just a moment ago, John the Baptist is that doorkeeper or the one who is making a way. John the Baptist said this, in John 1, 23, he said, 
he was the voice crying in the wilderness. What was he proclaiming or saying and preaching? Prepare ye the way of the Lord. The people were told and warned and given much advance, right, to know, hey, the Messiah is coming. And the good news is today that he has come and he is available He's made a way for you and I, for the world, to have the true shepherd in their life. John the Baptist identified Jesus in these words, Behold, he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. My friend, that's important because only the true shepherd can do that. But as we talk about the true shepherd, we also know that the Bible just told us, Jesus said that the true shepherd is known of the sheep, is known by the sheep. It's unmistakable here in the text. The sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. Truly, he's known, isn't he? If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you know him. And you should know his voice and you have experienced that life change that only the true shepherd can bring to you and I. So why should we follow Jesus? Because he's the true shepherd. But there's a second thought that I want to give you and share with you today in our study together. Thanks so much for being a part of this. Don't forget to share, like, and comment along the way. And that is from the text. Yes, we've learned that he is the true shepherd of the sheep, but also, and this is kind of understated, but we must say this because it's right from the text again, and that is Christ is the good shepherd of the sheep. Let's go back to our text of John 10, verse 10 and 11. The thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. That's not who we want to follow. We don't need that in our life. There's enough of that in our life. There's enough take, right? There's enough of that in our life. We don't want that in our life. We want what is good. We don't need that in our life from being uh, taken from us and stealing from us and ultimately destroying us. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have life more abundantly. Now, that even seems outrageous in itself, except for the fact Jesus claims and makes good on the claim where he says, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Well, just previously, the false shepherds and, and, and the thief, the person, ultimately Satan, who wants to destroy us, I don't see him laying down his life for me. I don't see religious systems laying down their life for me, but I find Jesus doing that. I find Jesus, everything he's saying, he's following up on it. He's literally following it through and not only is Christ the good, the true shepherd, but he is the good shepherd. A good shepherd is contrasted here in the text with the hireling, if you will, who serves his self, right? 
But Jesus notes a couple things about being a good shepherd. And that is, when you look at the text in verse 12, we find that the good shepherd is selfless in his life. Let's look at John 10, verse 12. We know what bad shepherds do. They take and they destroy and they kill. But good shepherds, what do they do? They're selfless. Look at verse 12. But he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. So the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. That doesn't sound like a good shepherd to me. See, in order to appreciate the good shepherd, you need to understand the false shepherd or the one who's just a hireling. Every false shepherd wants something from you and I. They want something for themselves, and look out for that in your life. Relationships that only take, religious systems that only take and expect something, but aren't giving. And Christians ought to be giving giving of our lives, giving of our talents, our abilities, our resources, right? This is Jesus. This is what Jesus does. But Jesus says, you know, the ones who aren't a good shepherd, they see danger coming and they don't even warn you because they just don't care. Verse 13 says the hired hand runs away because he's a hired hand and does not care about the sheep. My friend, that's not a good shepherd. But a good shepherd is selfless in his life. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. See, the false shepherd regards the sheep as something to be exploited, used, to be used in advance or even to build themselves up. They want to advance their own agenda. When the sheep get into trouble, when the enemy comes, Jesus says, even when the wolf, the devil, strikes, they flee, leaving the sheep to defend or fend for themselves. And here's the thing. Jesus never does that to the sheep. Now, I know that Jesus is referring to Israel in these texts. I get that. And I know that we today are not referred to as sheep, but there's such great application from this, and that is Jesus takes care of his own. Jesus said that he would never leave us nor forsake us. Friend, that's a good shepherd. But that's not what a lot of people do, and that's not what a lot of religious systems do. See, the false shepherd it lacks concern for the sheep, and they lack commitment. And the good shepherd, on the other hand, he knows his sheep, and he cares for them with the greatest care and commitment. Good shepherd, he's selfless in his life. He is selfless in his life. But let me give you a second thought about the Good shepherd, he's sacrificial in his death. Remember verse 11 of John 10? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
the primary characteristic of a good shepherd is that he loves unto death. He's willing to give the ultimate sacrifice for the benefit of someone else. Check that out. He is willing to give the ultimate sacrifice for the benefit of you and I. And that is exactly what he did, right? At age 33, he willingly went to the cross of Calvary knowing what was before him. As the Bible describes a bitter cup, and yet what do we find? Jesus laying down his life. No man took it from him, his blood being fully shed for the removal of our sins. He was buried but was raised to life on the third day. Jesus gave his life for you and I, that we can go free. Disciples could not get over the fact that Jesus loved them so much that he was willing to die for them. And maybe that's our hurdle for many today to get over. In many of the epistles of Paul or letters of Paul, of James, James and John and Peter contains some awesome references, even like what John wrote in Revelation 1.5. I want to share with you a lot of incredible verses. Speaking of our sacrificial shepherd, this is such a great reason to have the best celebration this Christmas. Revelation 1.5, this is what John wrote, unto him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Yes, he shed his blood, for without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or removal of sins. Paul writes in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 5 verse 8, God showed his love, displayed his love, commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You say, why are we talking about that? Why can't we talk about the baby in a manger? Well, I'm going to tell you, you can't fully appreciate the manger or the cradle until you realize that ultimately the purpose of that entrance was to lead to the exit of the cross. Jesus went from the cradle to the cross, my friend. Yes, he did. And that is what is so beautiful about this story. You cannot tell the full story of Christmas without it taking us to Calvary where Christ gave his life. The Bible says in Romans 8.32, Paul wrote this, He who spared not his own son, talking about God, God who spared not his own son, Jesus, but but delivered Jesus up for us all. How shall we, or he, God, excuse me, not with Jesus freely give us all things? This is what God did through Jesus Christ for us. He's willing to be so sacrificial. That is so Christ-like. And we as Christians should live in that manner as well. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, 
He, talking about Christ, bore our sins in his own body on the tree. People can get worked up about Christmas and the lights and the trees and all of that, not decorating and all of that. You know what? You're splitting hairs and you're fighting the wrong battle. If you don't want to celebrate and decorate, then don't. That's fine. It is your choice. But there's a lot of symbolism here. When you hang a tree, it is a great reminder that there was one who hung on a tree. Yes, that was Jesus. As you put up the lights, remember, and we've already covered, Jesus is the light of the world. When there are presents and gifts, well, Jesus is the ultimate gift to the world. There is some great symbolisms. So we aren't worshiping the items or the objects, are we? No, because that would be idolatry. No, we do it because we know the real reason that we celebrate. And the real reason that we celebrate is Christ the King. That is why we celebrate Christmas. The writer of Hebrews declares this in Hebrews 9.14, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot unto God. This is the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. He is so sacrificial. You know, we should be amazed at this blessed one, the sinless Lord, the matchless Christ, who would consent to die for his own creation. And that is you and I in the world. See, that's the mark of a good shepherd. Oh, yes, a true shepherd, but a good shepherd. I want to close with this thought today. C.S. Lewis said this, It costs God nothing, so far as we know, to create nice things, but to convert rebellious sinners and save them from a Christless hell. Well, that cost him a crucifixion. So when you think about this good shepherd I need you to remember and focus on the text how selfless and sacrificial he is. Yes, God is the good shepherd, and yes, he is the true shepherd. But what's the last thing that we can learn from the text about this bold claim of Jesus where he says, I am the good shepherd? Well, next time we're going to learn that together. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for spending time with me, learning God's Word. Please share this study with others that they can also experience and come to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior and have the best Christmas ever. Until next time, I want you to know that you are loved and you are prayed for. God bless you. 
Thanks for joining us today for Podcast with Pastor Larry. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Connect with Pastor Larry at podcastwithpastorlarry.com to hear weekly biblical teaching. You can always find more teaching of Pastor Larry at Freedom Ministries through our Facebook page at Freedom in Virginia or on our YouTube channel at Freedom Church for, that's the number for others. That would be Freedom Church for others. This is a listener-supported podcast. Feel free to partner with us to further our reach of the gospel to the world. If you feel led to give, please log on to PastorLarry.org. Again, thanks for connecting to Podcast with Pastor Larry.